Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of Inside the Huddle. I'm here with our host, TJ Inman. I'm Sammy Jacobs. TJ, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sammy. How are you? I'm doing great. I came off a big uh, hockey game six win last night for my, my boys in blue. Uh, they won 7-3, to who's uh, a low-scoring football game, but uh, very excited for Game 7 on Friday. Uh, I'll be down in Nashville watching uh, watching the Hoosiers uh, take on uh, Radford in the College World Series. Ah, very cool, yeah, postseason baseball, that's nice. I was excited to uh, see how you get in there. That game will be on ESPN3 for those that are interested. I will be one of the uh, interested parties watching on streaming TV, so uh, go Hoosier Baseball. It's good to see Chris Lomanos, um take over and keep the program headed in the headed in the right direction. Tracy Smith had it going, so hopefully they can get a chance at Vanderbilt and knock off the Commodores and get back to Omaha. Yeah, which would be nice, and, and it, it could set up a potential uh, matchup with uh, former Hoosier coach Tracy Smith uh, somewhere yeah. down the line, and, and Tracy Smith did guarantee uh, a College World Series victory for his Sun Devils. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about football. We have a lot to talk about. We have some good news. We have some bad news. Uh, but, you know, anytime we're closing in on 100 days, uh, you know, it, it's pretty good news. Uh, so, But we'll start off with the bad news. Um I, uh, IU wide receiver Isaac Griffith was arrested over the weekend, um, holiday weekend. He was arrested for an OWI. Uh, he blew a point one zero. Uh, he was arrested on North Dunn Street. Uh, he was driving. He had his uh, brights on. Another driver signaled him. He didn't turn his brights off, and the cops pulled him over. And the rest is history. Uh, this is the second um, second arrest. Uh, for IU football since the middle of April, since IU spring game, uh, and you know it, it one's you know one might be a blip on the radar, the other and, and two arrests uh, since April is, is starting to become a, a, a trend we don't want to see. TJ, yeah, I um, you know we're not approaching you know, Alabama levels of arrests. The Crimson Tide have had, I believe, six. Um, in this past off season or in this current off season so far. And we're still, like you said, about a hundred days off of the season, but, um, you know, we don't need to set the bar that low Two is, is definitely too, too many. Um, this is another one that's, it's not a minor offense. Um, you know, when you are operating a vehicle, uh, over the legal limit of alcohol, I have very little, Sympathy, I guess, would be the word. Um, uh, just your, your taking your actions and putting others' lives in danger. Uh, I'm not going to get on here and preach and say that Isaac Griffith is, is the worst person ever. I don't know that, that you know. I don't know him at all. Uh, have never met him. Probably will never meet him. But this is just a very poor decision. Um, it's a poor decision, and it comes from. And this is something that you and I were talking about. Uh, there are a few similarities here to Devin Davis. Uh, we talked about players 
uh, in athletics, not just football, but basketball, and not just IU, but around the, the country, that just are, I don't want to say throwing away the opportunity that they've, they've earned, um, but that's kind of what they're doing. Um, you know, you, we saw with Devin Davis, he was given a second chance on life when he made a mistake and paid for it very dearly and then had a marijuana offense that, that has him removed from, from the IU basketball program. Isaac Griffiths, for those that don't know, uh, received a second chance on life when he was rescued from a spring break accident that uh, – very nearly cost him his life and cost him his football career. He was able to come back from that and was expected to, I don't think he was expected to um, be a, I certainly did not expect him to be a major contributor on this year's IU team. Um, You know, perhaps some special teams duty. He is a wide receiver. I I did not think that he would be in the too deep of the wide receiver depth chart. Um, But, you know, he was going to be able to continue playing football, continue to have a career, continue to earn a degree, and he still could possibly. You know, uh, ramifications and punishments have not been handed down, but you know, these guys they have earned through hard work and through talent. They have earned an opportunity to get a free education and play a game. And when you make really poor decisions, those decisions have consequences. Um, we have not heard about the consequences for Ralph Green yet. I would expect that that would be coming sometime soon. And we have not heard of the consequences for Isaac Griffith. Um, you know, the, the IU football program released a statement that they were aware of what happened. Um, I don't know what should happen because I do not know all of the things surrounding it. But just on face value, um, I would... I'd be in favor of Kevin Wilson coming down pretty harshly because I think just in the IU athletic department, we've seen recently that when you give players a leash to, with some lesser punishments, they tend to take advantage of it and more poor decisions are made. Um, I'm not advocating a zero tolerance policy, but I do think that at some point harsh decisions and harsh punishments need to be made to show these players this is unacceptable. If you continue to screw up, really, really poor things are going to happen to you, things you don't want to, to have happen, you know, more than just one-game suspensions. We're talking you're out for the year or maybe even you are removed from the program. You can't play for us anymore. So I, I'll be very interested to see how Kevin Wilson handles that uh, and the message that it sends to the players. Yeah, it's definitely um, something we got to keep an eye on. Uh, it is a big deal. Uh, thank goodness nobody was uh, injured or anything more. Um, yes. So, you know, along those lines, it'll be interesting. Ralph Green uh, was arrested earlier on misdemeanor battery charges. So right now I use in the facts gathering uh, stage. You know, you have to mm-hmm. see. Uh, you know, you have to see both sides of the story uh, on on both of these cases. Um, so, I, I expect punishment to come down. I right now, I expect both of them. You know, personally, I don't think we'll see either of them in the fall uh, if you know nothing changes. 
um, well, at least maybe uh, two games each or, or uh, two games in a game. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. And this uh, will transition into our next topic a little bit is um, is on Kevin Wilson himself. But it is something that, you know, now makes, you know, his job a little bit harder. The spotlight's on him a little bit more, and his seat is a little bit hotter now. You know, everybody was up in arms uh, with Tom Crean's uh, ability or, uh, you know, not able to uh, discipline his players. Well, now it's Kevin Wilson's turn to, you know, learn from from what Crean, uh, Crean did or didn't do and move in the right direction. Um, but let, let's, mm-hmm. TJ, let's talk about, uh, you know, 2015 is going to be a big year for Kevin Wilson. It is his fifth year in the program. Uh, he has not been to a bowl game yet. He has, you know, he, he's gone from one win to three wins to four wins to five wins, back down to four wins. Um, last year was kind of a, a washout year with the injury to Nate Sudfeld, but, you know, it, it, where does blame fall on, on not having a, a backup ready? Uh, I know there were there were two transfers. You lose Roberson and Kaufman uh, to uh, transfers, and, and then Sudfeld. The one thing that they could not have happen last year happened, and uh, it resulted in a in a four win year. I was thinking last night that maybe 2014 was his best coaching job. This team could have easily packed it in uh, after Sudfeld went down. Um, I know they lost to Bowling Green early, uh, and then they came back with a big win against uh, Missouri and then laid an egg against Maryland. But 2015 seems like a a do-or-die year for Kevin Wilson to me. Uh, He's had some nice recruiting classes, uh, but bottom line is you got to win games. And uh, with two years left on his contract, it's time to – uh, either extend them or, or, or part ways or figure out what the future of this program is. Yes, yeah, I think I think that, that the last point you make is a good one. The contract situation uh, heading into this season, like you say, there's two years left. And typically um, you do not go into a season with a head coach with one year left on his contract unless – I'm sorry, he has two coach, years left after this season. Oh, it does. Okay. Okay. My mistake. All right. Um, you let's say that you don't go into a short-term deal or short-term remaining with the coach unless he's older. Uh, typically, you will extend the coach if you're pleased with the direction the program is heading. Um, I think that going to be really interesting to see is how the athletic department views the football program currently because I think as as an athletic director it's very important to look beyond just the bottom line and I know we say oh it's a bottom line business and that's very true because at some point you have to win games that's indisputable Um, at some point you have to perform and the only way to do that really uh, as a football coach is to win games so that's that's very much there um, like you said, one and eleven, four and eight, five and seven, which included a mistake by 
it has to fall on Kevin Wilson because it's his program, but a mistake in a game very late, a game that they should have won with a play call against Minnesota that, in my opinion, cost them a bull bid. Uh, and then last season, yeah, not only does Nate Sutfeld get hurt, not only did you lose the two guys to transfer, which you know we can lay blame, but what's done is done. Uh, not only that, but Chris Covington, the guy who they deemed to be the backup, he gets hurt as well. So, like you said, last year, I think that the level of competitiveness that they displayed in several games down the stretch when really the only thing they had going for them was a running game. Uh, They did not have a passing game. It was totally non-existent. The defenses knew it. We knew it as fans. Um, And it, it really impacts your ability to do anything on offense when the defense knows exactly what's coming. But they didn't pack it in. They kept fighting. Um, and they gave the eventual national champions a, a real game for three quarters, and then they, they knocked off Purdue. So uh, the athletic department is going to have to take a very hard look after this season. I think that getting to a bowl game, which baseline expectation this season, um, injuries are going to happen. We know that. We hope that they are very minor. Um we know that it's football that's going to happen. That being said, I think that the program needs to be to the point where a couple of injuries aren't going to completely derail the season uh, and that they will be able to overcome them and get to a bowl game. I think that's the baseline expectation. I think if they do make it to a bowl game, you will see Kevin Wilson's contract extended by a couple of years. Uh, I think that you'll see the athletic department go ahead and make a commitment to him. If they don't reach a bowl game, that's where it will get very, very interesting because you'll be five years in, it'd be really difficult to move forward saying, okay, we're making positive progress, positive progress. At some point, there needs to be results to back up the words. Um, I was kind of making a list of pros and cons for – what I think of the job Kevin Wilson has done so far. You mentioned recruiting is going well, and it is. We've, I look back at 24-7's, uh, 24-7 sports class rankings, which you can't – they're not everything, but they do sort of serve as a barometer to the health of a program if looked at in four- or five-year increments. For Kevin Wilson, going back to 2012, 56, and then 42, and then 48, and then 51 – that's on average about 30 spots higher than where IU was the four years previous, um, where they were 83, 70, 65, and 72 from 07 to 2010. So that's about 30 spots higher or or lower, if you want to say that, but better, 30 spots better for IU's recruiting rankings. So I think that that is a definite pro. I think the atmosphere around the program, um, you know, you can speak to this as well as you were at uh, some of the spring practices and stuff. I just think the atmosphere on the program is, is been it has been in a long time. Um, it just feels like the players have a positivity and a belief that they are going to be able to compete with whoever they step on the field against. Um, I know it's intangible and subjective, but I, I, I really feel that way. And I think that there's a good bit of momentum heading into the season 
based on that feeling of positivity. And I, I really think that Kevin Wilson and his staff like the team that they have assembled. And that's not always been the case early in his career at IU. I don't think he liked the teams. I think he liked certain players, but I don't think he liked the overall attitude of the team and the culture around the program. I think that that has changed. And I think it's a big pro. I, I don't know if you, you have thoughts on the, uh, general feeling around the program, but I feel like it's a big plus in Kevin Wilson's favor. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the feeling around around the program. Players seem excited to come into practice and and, and work hard and put in a little bit of the grind. Um, I remember some of the players under Lynch and Hepner, where at the end of the season they they were some of them were checked out. Like I I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to practice. You know, it's the end of a, another year where we're not going to a bowl or we finish with five wins. Um, but, you know, around practice, I think the energy level is up. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it all comes down to, to winning still. And, you know, and it comes down to to the fans. And I think these fans, it's at the time where, you know, Students aren't showing up, and that's a big problem. That's a major problem for IU. Uh, students become alumni, and alumni donate money. They buy tickets if they, uh, you know, have a good experience at the game. If IU is winning, um, you know, when they went to the bowl game in 2007, I was down in Arizona. A lot of alumni showed up. It was a great crowd. Um, so they, they want IU to be good, but we're closing in on that period where they're becoming indifferent almost. And, yeah. um I hope that's not the case, and they, the time is now to win. And if you if they could win, uh, they could see an uptick in attendance, an uptick around campus. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and be around campus a little more during the games at the beginning of the year um, just to get a feel of the atmosphere, maybe talk to some students around campus about what they think about the program, what they think about the game day experience on Saturdays, um, but th- those students, what you know, you see the the student section is a quarter full or half full. It, it, that's that's the real litmus test of the program and where it's going in the future. Um, all your all your future dollars are sitting or not sitting uh, in the student section. If they have a bad time now, they're not coming back for homecoming games. Um, you know, if they live out of town, if they're local students uh, or from Indianapolis, they're not going to come down for games. Uh, if if they have a crummy time or if they just tune out this program because they think they're they're never going to win. Um, but in terms of recruiting, the talent is probably better than ever, um, or better in the last two decades uh, than it has been. Um, so you know, the talent is there. I think there's some excitement uh, on the player's side, and when you have you know, stadiums that are half full, a lot of that enthusiasm has to come from inside. And I think Wilson has done a great job of being enthusiastic and and uh, firing up his team. And you see it, they don't quit on these games uh, like you have seen under other coaches where, you know, they hang around for a quarter and, you know, it's 7-3 after one. And then all of a sudden it's, it's 49-6 at halftime. And, you know, everybody could go home where – Wilson has them playing hard throughout. They're still making plays late in the game. Uh, you know, they played Ohio State well. They played, despite the score, they played Michigan State well for three quarters and then ran out of gas. 
but Wilson said this after after spring practice. I think it's a compliment uh, for his team. He actually called them decent, uh, which uh, is high praise from from Coach Wilson. Um, yeah. So I think they're headed in the right direction. They have to be more consistent. And it is a big year, and they're going to have to play like it's a big year. Uh, the non-conference schedule is very, very manageable, and if they mm-hmm. could, they need to get those four wins because playing in the Big Ten East, when you're playing Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, you know, wins are wins come at a premium, and you're not going to beat those teams every year, and you're not going to beat those teams maybe every other year, and you're probably only going to win one of those. I mean, they haven't beaten. You know, they've beaten Michigan once since 1967. They haven't beaten Ohio State since the late 80s. They've beaten uh, Penn State once. Uh, The last time they beat Michigan State was 2006. So these wins are rare. So you're going to have to win your non-conference games, and you're going to have to knock off Maryland and Rutgers and Purdue and and whoever you draw from the West. This year it's Iowa. Um, And... Iowa, you know, IU's played them well the last couple of years. They knocked them off at home in 2012. Uh, if Sudfeld doesn't get hurt last year, they they might win that game. So, yeah, it is a big year. And, yeah, Kevin Wilson should be on the hot seat, and he's got to coach like he's on the hot seat, and the players got to play like he's on the hot seat because there's got to be a sense of urgency, and you got to come out with your hair on fire. And, you know, the first game is going to – set the tone for the rest of the season. If you come out with the stinker and beat Southern Illinois 24-17, people are going to be like, oh, here we go again. You beat a, uh, an F, uh, FCS team by by seven. You know, if you lay the hammer down, beat them 55-7. People are excited to come back for FIU the next week. You lay the hammer down on FIU. Western Kentucky comes in, and who knows? that That's going to be a very exciting game. You knock off Western Kentucky, you go to a struggling Wake Forest, you know, maybe you you, you win that one on the road and, and bring it home for a 4-0 start against Ohio State, and the, the place is buzzing. I, I'll tell you now, if they're 4-0 going into Ohio State, it'll be awesome. Uh, but, yeah. you know, they, they got to win games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take care of the ones that you're, quote, supposed to win. Um, and it's it's difficult because we look, uh, you know, Western Kentucky is probably looking at that game as, you know, their fans are probably sitting there, oh, hey, a chance to go, you know, we can go to a to a Big Ten stadium and knock off uh, a bad program in IU, and that's probably how I use you. So, you know, looking at those supposed-to-win games is, is always easy to go through the schedule and chalk them up as Ws. Uh, that rarely ends up being the case, and it, it needs to start being the case where those, those non-conference games are – are ones that you take care of year in and year out and set yourself up to not need to pull off miracles from the Big Ten to make that bowl game. Rather, you're pulling off, you know, a, a big upset or two to get you that seven and eighth win, better bowl game, so that, you know, you're not squeaking in. But instead, you're, hey, look at that. I use, you know, got eight wins. Um, so if you can take care of the games that, that are very winnable, uh, then, you know, you're looking at a, that a chance to have a special season, and I think we could see that this year if the things that we've talked about are taken care of. You know, it's possible, uh, it's not likely, but I do think that six wins is likely. Um, yeah, another thing that I think Kevin Wilson has in his favor is you mentioned 
uh, Purdue. He has beaten them in back-to-back games. That matters. I know that Purdue is uh, struggling, to put it kindly. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood, so I'll say struggling. Um, but still, I, I think that that's, that's an important thing for IU to do, and beating them back-to-back has not happened very often. So getting that done is good. And I think that something that is undervalued in head coaches is their hiring of assistants. Um, and I think that Kevin Wilson is proving to be a, a pretty savvy uh, hire of talent. Uh, Seth Luttrell Seth was a good hire before leaving for North Carolina. Kevin Johns has proven to be a good hire. I think Brian Knorr is, is looking like a good hire. I really like some of the things he's doing on the defensive side, which we'll talk about more in future episodes. Uh, Dylan McCullough, uh, I mean, players rave about him, recruits rave about him. I think that Dylan McCullough is a rising star in the coaching ranks, and there, there are other guys. But I think he has a really good eye for choosing the right assistants, and that's important in football is, is surrounding yourself with a good staff that can, number one, recruit, number two, teach, and number three, you can kind of motivate players, build them, build relationships, and keep them engaged in the program. So I think that's something that Kevin Wilson does really well. Um, you know, there are some cons for sure, and that the main one is the record. that IU can't get over the hump so far with Wilson. You know, the bad defense, which has gotten better. but uh, And I think the pessimists would say that IU had a historic season from a once-in-a-generation talent last, last year in Tevin Coleman and was still unable to get past four wins. There are definitely explanations for that, um, but, you know, the pessimist could look at it and say, well, he's never going to have anything like Tevin Coleman again, and he couldn't get it done. So uh, there are some things on both sides. I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons at this point in time, but there is absolutely no doubt that 2015 needs to be a successful season, and in my opinion, a successful season is going to be marked by whether or not you can get to that sixth win and get yourself to a bowl game for the first time since 2007. I think that IU can. I think that there's enough things in their favor. The only question is whether or not they can get it done, and, and uh, we have just over 100 days to start finding out. Yeah, and, you know, talking about the staff, this is now going to be the second year that this whole staff is intact. Um, That's true. That's uh, the point. You know, they – they bring everybody back, and I think continuity is huge. They don't have to learn a new offense. I mean, even though Johns took over Latrell's offense a little bit, there's still, you know, play calling might be a little different. It's a new voice in the room, um, so they have to get used to that. But now you're under year two under Nor, uh, year two under Johns. Um, it's time to show that, hey, we're not learning anymore. I mean, you're always going to be learning. But hey, we're moved on from from the learning process, and now we're into we're 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 going to be good at this. These are the things that we can do uh, well, and we're going to do them well. And I think we saw that in spring practice. They they kind of uh, wouldn't say dumbed it down, but they they kept it simple, uh, and yeah. they did the fundamentally uh, they did the fundamentals correctly. And that's the big thing. If you, if they could do the little things right, we said this last week, these little things are huge for IU and for programs like IU. And now they need to take it from the practice field onto Saturdays. And if they could do that, yep. they'll have a successful year. And I think Wilson knows that. He's been preaching uh, um, consistency forever, it seems like. And I think this is the year that they take it from the practice field 
and and put it on on for game days. So, you know, we're we're coming, we're closing in on, on kickoff on September 5th against Southern Illinois. Uh, we're going to have our our 199 day countdown starting here on on Friday. Um, I know it's 100 days now till till uh, college football season actually kicks off, but that's the Thursday. Uh, but you know we're we're excited. I think that this is you know I have a good feeling about this year, and I, I know I say this every year, but this is a year it, it it's make or break. I think this team responds really well uh, to the coaching staff, and you know the, the road is there before them. I think it's a very manageable road. Uh, are they going to go undefeated? No, probably not. Uh, but there are six wins out there at least. And I say, if you stay healthy, if you stay smart, and you play well, this will be a fun season. So you know, stick with us throughout the fall, and and it's it's going to be fun. It'll be a heck of a ride. Yeah, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have the countdown starting up on Friday. That's going to be a really cool feature that we'll have daily content. Check back every day on Hoosier Huddle. Uh, we'll also continue to have our regular features, and we'll mix in some some preview stuff and uh, maybe some opinion stuff as we get closer toward the season. But And then, of course, our, our weekly podcast. And uh, we'll continue to turn these out weekly for you and hopefully keep you entertained and give you that weekly fix as we uh, as we approach. We're only – I can't do the math because I'm bad at it, but I don't know how many podcasts we have left before we start doing the uh, team-by-team podcast previews. But uh, – We'll have really good stuff all off season. We'll continue to do that. It's uh, it'll be nice to just be able to come back to Hoosier Huddle every day, check our countdown stuff, and we will keep you locked in and get you ready for the season. So, I am certainly looking forward so, to season kickoff. It's going to be going to be a wild ride with us. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're about two and a half weeks away from uh, actually starting to break down opponents on the site. Uh, so yep. just two two or three more podcasts, and we'll start talking about the guys in the other jerseys, uh, which is still a term from uh, fall camp. Uh, you know, we're, we're ready to talk about uh, other teams. And it's not an insult to IU, but, uh, you know, if you've ever played a sport, you get sick of practicing against each other on the same team. Uh, we're ready to talk about the opponent. TJ, thanks for jumping on with us today. Uh, always a pleasure talking with you. Um, and we're going to get this countdown going uh, at HoosierHuddle.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Um, please send us any comments, uh, concerns, questions, uh, suggestions you have for content for us. We love your feedback, so you know, send them in. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. All right. Thank you, TJ. Uh, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, and, and have a great day.